Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, we can't do anything about six months from now. We've got to go day by day. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. I've been playing New Jersey, man, so there's going to be some chippiness. There's going to be some griminess. But we're leaving it within the line. And I'll take a team like that. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network. I am the aforementioned host of this program, Art Stapleton. Happy holidays to you and yours. Everyone staying healthy out there. The New York Giants, well, 4-10, and 10, not exactly where they expected to be, but we keep moving on, pushing forward. We got three weeks left, three shows left for the regular season, and we're going to try to make this one a special one. I will have a special guest slash co-host coming on in moments. But before I get to that, I wanted to thank our friends at Tipico and remind you that Tipico Sportsbook, a global sports betting leader, is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. Make your favorite sports more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. For a limited time, new users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply, 21 and over. See your site for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. So without further ado, I will bring in my special guest for this holiday episode of All In, and that is none other than license plate guy, Joe Ruback. And I refuse to call you a super fan because you're much more than just a super fan. But Joe, how you doing? Happy holidays to you and your family, and welcome to All In. All right, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I'm a big fan of, this, of the podcast, so thanks for having me, and happy holidays. Oh, come on. You don't have to be so professional. We're, we're, we're easing into the holidays. This is going to be fun. This is, this is a good one. I know you have to take on that persona of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm license plate guy. I've got to be, you know, i got to be who I am. But, I, I listen, I, I love all you do. I respect your, your work. Uh, you know, we've become – you know, friends away from the Giants, if that's possible, because I don't know if anyone could ever pull you away from the Giants, even your lovely wife and your your lovely daughter. But uh, look, the things you've managed to do as a super fan, especially in recent weeks, uh, I think deserve to be applauded. Uh, I know your story, or at least I know part of your story as how you became license plate guy. So I figured all of that would be great to share on the program this week. So the first question to you, Joe Ruback, is how did license plate guy become license plate guy, otherwise known as the fan who had a license plate around his neck? <laughs> right there is literally how it started. I mean, look, I was 16 years old. My father dared me to uh, take the plate off my car 
and wear it to a game, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous ask. And uh, I think my I think my sisters were with me about it. And finally, one of my sisters like took her shoelace and gave it to me. And I was like, all right, I'm going to show them. And sure enough, I took it off the car and I wore it to a game. Now look, Giant fans are extremely, extremely superstitious. And of course, the Giants won. And I say of course because it, it really doesn't happen very often back then, kind of like now. And um, I wore it to a game. Everybody in the section, you know, was laughing and was like, ha ha ha. But you better wear it next week. And they won again, and I think they didn't win two games in I can't tell you how many years. And it just became a thing. So I was never a license plate guy, though. I was just this guy that wore, you know, a plate or two around my neck, which were my plates. And fast forward to 2007, uh, camera got a glimpse of me, obviously, after uh, Tyree's catch. And it was the oh my God guy before it was license plate <laughs> guy. And uh, people started noticing, and you know, bring in social media and stuff like that. And, and, and my, my plates got some airtime and the rest is history. As they say, people from all over the world. And I, you know, I used to say the country, but I, I get overseas as well. Giants custom plates and uh, they are real plates. They are the plates that either are DMV issued off someone's car or truck or whatever. And, and, uh, and people send them to me and, you know, right now I'm, I'm I have a hundred, and it's incredible, and every plate has a story. I would say maybe 20 of those, 25 of those are mine. The rest are Giant fans from all over the world. Now, I will take a little bit of credit for the every plate has a story, and that will be a story that you and I work on uh, as soon as we can get you know, past this whole pandemic or maybe even still back you know, sometime this offseason because I thought – that was a great way to talk about what these plates represent because for every one of those 75 or so plates, you said obviously, you know, 20, 25 are, are yours. Uh, it's a story. Someone decided to take that license plate and give it to you, send it to you, gift it to you just to be able to say, hey, one of my license plates is hanging on Joe's chain you didn't really see it that way until really we talked about it in terms of how much it represented. Not that you didn't appreciate the fans being involved, but it seemed to take it to another level because then if I'm wrong, you you can correct me. It's, you know, like I said, this is half your show this week, but it seemed like you a light went on and it was almost like, you know what? I've got to cherish every one of these plates that are now coming in these new ones and find out the story behind uh, the plate. Is that yeah. fair to say? Is that what happened? Well, very fair. It's very fair. I mean, when I was getting the plates, it was cool to get them. Um, it's kind of like getting a gift and being like, Oh, cool. Nice gift on the chain. Here we go. But then you're right. It really did start taking on, you know, I had to sit back and say, wow, these are, it's taking some of their cherished, you know, memorabilia. And if you don't believe that, like, if you got a custom plate or, or an autographed picture or something that's in your house or on your wall or on your car, and you decide to gift it to somebody, that's a big decision because that's your stuff. So when I started getting these, and you're right after we spoke, I was like, wait a minute, I have some great stories for you, Art. And, and, and just to name a few, you know, it would be a guy in Texas that moved from Jersey or New York uh, 
you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and was like, listen, I want to send you my plate, my old plate, because it's just hanging in my garage. Like, that took a lot for that guy to send it to me, especially now living in Dallas. And then, and then um, I, I got a plate a couple of years ago, and this one sticks to me every day, from a family uh, that their father had passed away, and the three daughters um, wanted to make sure that I got dad's plate. And, you know, that one sticks to me all the time. That's incredible. It, it is incredible. And to have the, the, the letter or the card that comes along with it of why they're, why they're giving it to me is even more incredible. So sometimes I put them away. Um, you know, I file them because one day when I'm not license plate guy, when I, when I decide to hang up the plates, <laughs> like, do these people want them back? You know, like, is it just, am I renting these? <laughs> am I financing them? Or is it a lease? Because they have every right back to their plate. I know they're giving it to me, but, you know, if I stop doing what I'm doing, you know, maybe they're like, hey, I want my plate back. Right. Well, I don't think that, knowing you, I don't think that's coming anytime soon or else, or, or you know, it is kind of getting a little bit stressful with with all the losing but we'll get into that in a, in a little while um one of the things i thought of and you know i'm a big marvel guy i love all the movies the mcu movies i, I know you haven't gotten into it as much um but i thought of you and i wanted to see what you think of kind of this analogy because i haven't sprung it on you that in in Avengers Endgame, which is one of the highest grossing movies of all time, they take the, the character of the Hulk and they basically blend his two personas, the Hulk and Bruce Banner. And they basically merge the brawn of the Hulk with the sincerity and kindness of Bruce Banner. And, you know, I thought about that and I said, you know what? That's a perfect analogy for what... Joe Ruback and license plate guy have become uh, not just in recent months, but really what you've been over the last couple of years in terms of separating the two. And I don't know. I think some people aren't fortunate enough to know Joe Ruback versus license plate guy, but I think you've done a really good job recently of kind of becoming you know, merging those two personas. And I know there are some people probably listening and saying, ah, that's so silly. What are you talking about? But when you get to the level of fandom that you did, license play guy kind of became your character. Like, you know, you, you, you got, you know, guys who play Captain America and Iron Man and they can't escape that character. Joe Ruback had a hard time. I would think escaping, the license plate guy character. Is that fair? I mean, I asked you again, is it fair? I mean, but it's kind of knowing you, it, I think that's kind of been not a struggle, but really a fight, especially during the losing, because people don't appreciate Joe Ruback, the Giants fan. People just want you to represent license plate guy. I got to tell you, I can't thank you enough for those are actually kind, kind words. <laughs> Because, and, and just the analogy, I don't think anybody, and trust me, nobody's ever put it that way, but, but that analogy in itself, look, I 100% agree with you. 
they people can look at license plate guy and not know license plate guy. You can hate this guy like, oh, what a what a jerk. All he wants to do is be friends with these players. No problem, okay? No problem that that's the way you want to think. But you're right. You don't know the person, the man. You know Joe Ruback, and you know let's be real here, Art. Six seven years ago, I had a I had a problem. I had a major issue on my hands that was some false allegations, um, and it literally crushed me. It crushed me because in unfortunately in our society. We are guilty until proven innocent. It is not the other way around. And not only did I take a black eye to it, the organization took a black eye to it. And the Giants in itself, they'll never represent, they'll never have one fan represent them anyway. And here I am now with a black eye. Right. So the, reason why, the reason why I say that and the reason why I don't mind talking about stuff like that is because, one, obviously they would dismiss the charges, but, two, it it really gave birth to the stuff I do now. Months after that, I ran my first charity event for the pink for the pink fund, and that was you know breast cancer awareness. And I raised a few thousand dollars. And ever since then, I did my softball game, I do my ticket exchange, I do raffles galore. So you're right when you say that it's two different people. So you can you can wish for success and you could wish to be this pseudo celebrity person like like being a super fan it really is pretty cool and it's a huge responsibility you don't just go to a game you have a lot of people that look up to you because you have a platform now so i i do appreciate your words i love the people that follow and yes i have tried to give back tremendously we have raised together giant fans myself over six figures for charity. That's absurd. I'm just a fan. At the end of the day, I'm raising over a hundred thousand dollars for charity. So yeah, I, I can't get enough of it, and I, I don't. I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. So I won't. Uh, you know, I I know the Hulk is green, and you know you're not allowed to represent green, but you know that it, it works for me. So that that that's the analogy. I, if everyone asks me who is this license plate guy, I'm going to give that analogy, and uh, you know the the two personalities morphed into to one guy. Now you mentioned the charity. Let let's talk a little bit about um, the ticket exchange first. How did it start? And you know basically. Only recently, I think people have realized how how much you've tried to kind of keep the spirits up. Because let's be honest, the Giants fan base is is scorned. They there is a lot of people who want nothing to do with it. They want the negativity. They live in the negativity. They want firings, and they're not going to be happy until it's scorched earth. Uh, as a fan who's doling out thousands of dollars for for his own. Uh, I want to say, you know, being all in with the Giants. How did this ticket exchange come about? And, you know, were you surprised with how it just kind of took off a little bit on social media where, like you said today, I believe you open up your email and you've got five tickets, sit five sets of tickets sitting there for fans wanting you to give them away to other Giants fans to make sure that there aren't any Washington fans in the building come week 18. You know what? I want you to say that again, that I pay my own way. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> because, no, I didn't marry into the Mara family. No, I'm not on Steve Tisch's private giant's plane to go to the games. Do I wish both of those things? Of course, but I'm not. And, yes, being a Giants fan, I'm no different, by the way, than some of these other Giant fans that want firings and this and that. Something has to be done. I'm just as frustrated as the next person. I just, I just decide to think on the positive, and what can I do to keep me in the positive mind frame, such as the ticket exchange, such as the raffles. You know, going through a season like this last year, the year before, for years now, it sucks. It's, <laughs> it sucks. There's no way around it. Everything just absolutely sucks. 0-2 every year. So, yes, I'm on that same page. People think I'm, you know, I'm a homer every single day. Yeah, I might be a homer, and I might be – I might want to root for the Giants to win every single week. That, that, that's never going to change. But I'm still a fan at the end of the day and want things to change. So, look, this ticket exchange thing, I'll tell you exactly when it happened. It happened when the Giants started giving tickets away for training camp. So a few years back, you had to get a ticket right. to go to training camp. Well, I found people taking their, their training camp tickets and putting them online for sale. And for some reason, Art, it drove me bananas. I don't know. Everybody's allowed to do whatever the hell they want. But it drove me crazy. So I said, hey, look, if anybody wants tickets to, pra- to Giants practice, Give me a call. Send me a tweet. Send me an Instagram message. I'm going to get everybody at can tickets. And then people started sending me their practice tickets. And I was given, honestly, I think hundreds away. I was given so many tickets away. Now, granted, you could have got them online for 20 bucks, but I just saved someone a medium Pepsi. <laughs> so, I just, so I decided to continue to give those away. And one thing led to another. And here we are in this in this wild year of ticket exchanging. And, you know, I look at the Raider game. I give over 70 tickets away. Now, look, sometimes I get burned. You know, it's somebody that was begging and begging and begging on Twitter, and I wound up giving them a ticket or two, and, you know, they're right back, ha-ha, I'm a Raiders fan. You know, whatever. You, you're always going to get burned right. once or twice. And, you know, I block them and I move on. But most of the people getting these tickets, I set up three lists in my book. And it's a family of four or more. It's a couple, and a couple could be a father and daughter or a mother and son, you know, whomever. And then, I, I, and then singles. And, and I write them down, and I have a long list. I have about 140 people on the list still that didn't get tickets. And I add people every day. And people just started sending me tickets after tickets after tickets. And it just it, it took on a mind of its own. And uh, like you said, I, I literally opened up my email this morning. I, I haven't even asked anybody for tickets yet. And, and I got five sets of tickets. And I've already given away four sets. Now, for the Cowboys game, I want to give, want to give credit to uh, kind of how this grew a little bit. Guys, you've had... <clears throat> excuse me, you've built relationships with Darnay Holmes, Logan Ryan. Players started getting involved, right, and buying tickets or giving up their tickets. 
to you? How much, and that was this past game with the Cowboys, how much did that start happening where now it's not just Giants fans giving Giants fans tickets, now it's kind of members of the organization getting involved and saying, yeah, this is a good idea, let's do this. Yeah, well, it's, that stems back to, uh, I believe, how about, how about Kyle Rudolph? matching the Victory Monday Dunkin' Donuts of 800. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Right. It started with Kyle Rudolph, and then, you know, when one of the players does it, look, there's no doubt that we follow each other, you know, the players and I, but when you have a player that actually does something, like Kyle did, other players take notice. So, and yes, I do have relationships with Dan, and all of a sudden, Darnay hit me up, and say, I have a couple of tickets for you. And, of course, me being me, I'm like, what, they don't want to go? You know, so so (laughs) he'll laugh. He goes, no, 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 I got them for you to give away. So I went, and it it did start with Darnay giving me three tickets. And then, of course, uh, uh, you know, somebody asked Logan Ryan about tickets. He wound up giving me a block of tickets, which, you know, was unbelievable when they came in. And then I had one more player and two coaches that will remain nameless that were like, here, you could have these two. So it just grew and grew till I was over. I, I honestly, I was anywhere between 65 and 70 for the Dallas game. Were you able to get, get them all in the hands of, of other fans? Every ticket that I get goes to somebody on that list now, here's where it's mind-boggling to me. And it, it's like a second job, Art. It's tough. I want to tailgate. I want to eat some food. <laughs> I want to hang out. But instead, I am getting and giving, getting and giving, giving. It takes hours to get these in the hands of people. So when, when do you think I get the most amount of tickets? Do you know? Well, I would assume it's the morning of the game. The morning of the game, bro. So here I am. I can tell you that I probably get anywhere between 30 and 50 the morning of the game or when I'm, when I'm tailgating or two hours before the game starts. So those, I don't have my list. Right. So anybody just go on Twitter. Who needs two? Who lives next to the stadium? Who's in the parking lot? Who wants to go in right now? Who wants an upgrade? So, and I just keep going until there is nothing in my inbox. That's that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, I you know I got to be honest. I mean, the way that's kind of taken off, but it's it's it really is funny, and it goes to show you, you know, the the word fanatic is it could be so positive, it could be so negative, uh, but I think sometimes we all lose sight of the fact that there are different, there really are different stages of fandom, if you will. You know, and there are people who are like you or very few, but there are who the financial commitment, the emotional commitment, the traveling to every home and away game for how many years is it in a row? This will be my 21st year with last yeah. year getting a little asterisk for making five games. That's fair. Uh, so, you know, all that time. And then there are season ticket holders, obviously, and legacies and and then there are kind of middle-of-the-road fans who just want to go to games. And then there are actually fans who dream of experiencing the idea of getting inside an NFL stadium and seeing the Giants play. And I think we saw some of that in the summer when the Giants decided to not have fans at training camp this year. For whatever reasons, 
uh, they had. And we, you know, I'm not going to make this podcast about that. Uh, but the idea that there are so many different fans at so many different stages, fans who want to still go, go toe to toe with everyone about, uh, Saquon Barkley and whether or not he should have been drafted and analytics and, you know, all this stuff. The reality that you can kind of take a step back and appreciate it is you can't just group everybody in the same vein. And you've kind of shown the light on that. And I think you've probably realized that a little bit too, that, you know what, it's not always about getting to every game and being there. There are people out there who would just die for one opportunity to be in those seats uh, and wherever it is. And I think that's pretty cool and something we need when everything is just so negative around a losing team. I mean, mean, look, I think it starts with the platform, don't you think? I mean, if if Justin Tuck or Daniel Jones or whoever, former or current, put out a tweet or an Instagram that's saying, hey, who, who wants tickets to today's game or to next week's game? Bombarded. Yeah. They're bombarded. So, so it starts with a platform. I have a platform. That's what makes me different from the other, uh, other fans. That's it. I'm still a diehard, just like the next fan. Uh, you know, whether there's no number one fan, we're all fans. Great. I have a great platform. That gives me my reach. And yes, when am I ever, or how could you get rid of tickets? to somebody that's never gone to a game before when the season is terrible. Right. No one's given, no one's given me these tickets when the Giants are 10-2. and two. You know, no, no one's coughing up 50-yard line seats. I got, I got two coaches club seats the other day. Coaches club. I don't even eat shrimp like that. <laughs> so, so, like, when you get these tickets, do you think that I would get these tickets if they were a good team? No, so take full advantage of it. And you know what? And, and let's let's talk about that Barkley or get him off my team or fire everybody and burn down the house. By the way, I wanted it burned down last year, but uh, like I, two years ago. So so let's talk about that. What makes a negative person's narrative more important or 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 more understandable than a positive person's? Right. You know, I I could tweet something. And somebody could tell me how wrong I am for being a homer and how could I stand this and you want them to lose and want them to lose. What makes their side any more important than mine? Me wanting the Giants to win is, 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 is bad? Now, granted, I always believed that there's no such thing in, in, in tanking. But if you need a franchise quarterback and you have one or two games left and there's a can't-miss maybe you're starting your second string a little bit more. <laughs> okay, I do believe in that. But please don't tell me that in October. Right. And you know what? For all that stuff, and look, you and I can talk for hours and hours and hours. I, I, I want to get to the fun stuff. So I, I didn't, you know... We're not going to sit here and analyze everything that's gone wrong wrong with the Giants. That's not that's not the purpose of this podcast. Maybe somewhere down the road, you and I can break down all the mistakes and the missteps that they've made. But you know, case in point, like you said, Chase Young. What has Chase Young done to transform the Washington Football Team? 
<clears throat> we spent so much time about how the Giants made a mistake by winning that game and it gained nothing and they lost Chase Young and he went to Washington <clears throat> and he's an unbelievable talent. All that is true. He's an unbelievable talent. You cannot fight the fate of the NFL. You can't. That's, great. That's a great line right there. You can't fight fate. Now look, on the flip side, Chase Young comes here and he has 22 and a half sacks his first year. You can't, you can't, you can't put a player on a different team and, and, and say, look what he's done, you know, look what he's done there. He, would do the, he wouldn't do that here. I've always believed that. Like, right. times would be different. It would be different. The rest of your draft would be different. So I, I, don't, I don't believe in that per se. But, but look, when you, it's, when you talk about a draft like that, then you would say, all right, you should have went with Slater, who, you know, would block Chase Young for the next 10 years. But right. I'm just, you know, analyzing it the way it is, don't, don't be that guy. Don't be a hindsight guy. When, when I talk to people on the, online, don't, don't, don't act like you would have done that in the, in the, the thick of things. Take Barkley, for example. I wanted a quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I wanted Rosen. Who's still going to win a Super Bowl? I don't care what anybody says. No, but, but I, I wanted Rosen. The Giants went with, you know, Barkley, the best athlete in the draft. The can't miss. Was I upset at that? No. I also, I read the room wrong. Also, I wanted one more shot. I thought Eli had that chance and spent two hundred and something million dollars, and it blew up in the Giants' face. But I also went went for it. But then again. I'm not the GM of the Giants. Right. So it's not going to cost me my job in a few years. Right, right. Well, they could try to fire you as license plate guy, but, you know, last I checked. Uh, they you... might want to, but they can't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's have some fun. Let, let's have some fun. Let's, let's do – I usually do a two-minute drill with our guests, but I, I wanted to do kind of a, um, you know, a quick-hitting stuff for you uh, as license plate guy, as a fan. for. <laughs> first, first question is: What is your favorite road stadium to go to? AT and T by far, Dallas. Why? The whole week, the whole weekend, plus the stadium, the barbecue, the people that I get to yell at. Sometimes we lose the people that I get to <laughs> yell at. Uh, the stadium is second to none. I love that stadium, and uh, and, and and it's by far AT and T. Although. Although the last stadium I just went to in in L.A., oh my God, incredible! Uh, best weekend. If you had to tell a Giants a Giants fan, would it still be Dallas? Or if you had to put everything together, the city, uh, kind of the the Giants fans that are actually from that city that are there, would it still be Dallas, or would it be somewhere else? What happens in Miami stays in Miami. <laughs> although, although Tampa Tampa is incredible. And I've yet to be to Vegas yet, Miami. All right, we get we get cheated on Vegas. We don't get Vegas for a couple yeah, of years. But you know what? Maybe we wouldn't want. Maybe not going to Vegas in a pandemic is a good thing. Maybe Vegas in a couple of years. Hopefully, when this thing you know finally resolves itself. But um, all right. So your favorite season of the New York Giants is. When I started this thing, I decided in 2000 
to go to every single Giant game. I don't know what it was. I felt like doing it, and I knew it was going to cost me some money because I wanted to sit front row. It was the first time I wanted to, I wanted to go to games. I didn't sit every game front row back then like I do now, but that season that I decided to go to every single game and they went to the Super Bowl was magical. But if I'm giving you an honest answer, it was beating the undefeated Patriots. <laughs> the oh, the birth of the oh my god guy, right? The birth of oh my god, and the and and to me the the, the greatest uh, you know play in Super Bowl history, and I got to see it live. Didn't Tyree? Isn't that where it came from? Didn't Tyree call you oh my god guy for weeks after that? He 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 literally signed an autograph. Uh, miracle in the desert to oh my god guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. And that, that was the last time Joe Ruback was allowed to be a Giants fan. That's it. And it was the last time Joe Ruback was Joe Ruback. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, let's, let's do uh, a couple more. One, you know what? Uh, let's just go. I want to do the deserted island with you, stranded on an island. But I want you to, obviously, I want you to pick players. I'll I'll give you four players that you can be stranded on an island with, but you need to tell me why each one of those guys is coming. Let's do it. All right, go ahead. All right, so Brandon Jacobs, he's my number one. Why? Uh, Brandon Jacobs is going because if there's anybody there I can't mess with, he'll take care of it. <laughs> okay. I know he's probably he's probably just as afraid as the the animals or the snakes or whatever's on there. But if there's anybody that we're uh, we don't know about that's on it, de deserted or not, he's gonna take care of him. Um, I'm gonna go with Chase Blackburn. Chase Blackburn, cause he'll find a way. He's like MacGyver. <laughs> Chase is gonna find a way to start the fires and 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 get things done on the island. So I need Chase with me. Um, Leonard Williams. <laughs> Leonard Williams, because if I need someone to go get the damn food in the ocean, that's the guy that's going to go get it for me. I see him diving in there with his bare hands and bringing back some food. People who listen to this show and have heard that question, and I know you have, everyone has picked Leonard Williams to the point where I've been told by my producer, Paul Wood, that we either need to include Leonard in the question that you and Leonard are stranded on an island or take Leonard out of the equation because that's everyone. I mean, apparently everyone follows Leonard uh, on Instagram and has seen him rip the heart out of a tuna and, you know, chomp down. So, all right. So you got, you got Brandon Jacobs, Chase Blackburn, Leonard Williams. I'll give you one more. All right. I'm going to go with Steve Weatherford. I'm going to go with Steve Weatherford because if anybody could pray us out of the damn situation <laughs> we're in, it would be him. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I, <laughs> that, that pretty much leaves me speechless. So, uh, look, look, if people follow him, they know what I'm talking about. If they don't, I go look it up. <laughs> well, listen, uh, this has been great. I hope everyone has enjoyed it as much as I did. I think every once in a while you need you need a curveball. You need a change of pace. This was my attempt at at offering up a change of pace for Giants fans, and we could pretty much drop this show in any season. Uh, and I think you know everyone appreciates, or at least everyone should appreciate you what you try to do for fans. 
Uh, and I think it would be great. The NFL would be better if there were more Joe Rubacks out there uh, to be able to kind of not take things too seriously at times, but then also take things seriously enough to help out the average fan who wants to get in the building. Um, and like I've always said, you know, sometimes you kind of get caught up and people force you to be a certain way when you're supposed to be a super fan. And I think you've really done a good job, especially this year, kind of grounding yourself and trying to remind people uh, that you're using the platform the way you can. So thank you for coming on. Obviously, my family loves you. Uh, you know, my wife, my daughter, my nephews, they all love Joe. You know, Uncle Joe, Uncle License Plate Guy is what my wife calls you. So I do appreciate you coming on this week. And uh, obviously, happy holidays to you and your family. And, you know, listen, all the best. Thank you for those kind words, and and you know stuff I do like the Blue Friday. Like people don't know, you know your family is very active in that as well. <laughs> like every time something gets sold, I got to make sure it's not Art Stapleton's wife. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I I also appreciate everything you do, and I appreciate all the Giant fans out there, negative or positive. You know, the Giants won uh, four to five Super Bowls. We've been in a rut for a long time. You could call us the new Lions or the new Browns or do whatever you want. But uh, at the end of the day, if you're not going to starve with us and you can't eat with us either, and one day the Giants will get out of this this room, we'll be back to being good, uh, a good football team. And uh, we just got to pray till then. Appreciate you, Joe, as always. And if there's ever an example of someone who's all in, it's definitely license plate guy Joe Ruback, and that's what this show is all about. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much.